0: Welcome to this month's look at the nursing headlines from Johns Hopkins. I'm Elizabeth Tracy.
1: Welcome, Elizabeth, Happy New Year. We thought things would be a little bit better with COVID, but sadly not, but there are some bright
0: lights in future. Well, on that sort of plus minus note, how would you like to begin? Would you like to start with the positive things first relative to the pandemic?
1: There are so many positive stories amidst this heartbreak that we're seeing. For my colleagues who are on the front line every day, I continue to be in awe and thankful for their work. In the midst of all of this suffering, I'm hearing stories of teamwork, stories of valuing each other, stories of recognising what is important in life, stories that really articulate the essence of the health professions, not just nurses, but physicians and respiratory therapists and social workers and chaplains, who in the midst of this chaos and confusion can still be laser focused on the individual person and what matters to them. That
0: motivates and inspires me. I certainly have had the privilege of bearing witness to that. I think that you identified something before we started recording that I also think is really important. Also, which is this level of weariness that the healthcare profession is experiencing right now.
1: And I think everybody is weary, sort of tired of this disruption. Everybody is grieving in some way of, for some loss. For some people that's really profound of the death of loved ones. but for other people it is their ability to move about freely to see their family. So everybody is feeling some level of loss. For healthcare workers, this is profound. This has been going since really March, relentlessly. At the moment, we're in the midst of another wave. I'm not sure. I've lost the descriptors. And I often think back, we were about flattening the curve, but now it's hard to work out which curve we're actually in. And of course, we see these very overt displays of people just not heeding the advice. This coronavirus is not going away, even though we have a vaccine, which is just so exciting. And that has been a real, literally shot in the arm for many healthcare workers. But it is just ahead of us, this change in the way we live and the way we work. And I think really many healthcare providers are just bracing themselves for what that new reality will look like.
0: If you were a betting gal, what would you say are going to be the most profound changes once the pandemic is under control? It is on the waning side with regard to healthcare?
1: From a positive stance, is I think we're going to embrace a lot more telehealth and digitalization. I hope we can learn to mechanize more tasks that make people particularly vulnerable. For a long time, we're going to be much more respectful of personal distances. I'm not sure about you but now I watch television and see people shaking hands and hugging and it seems so unreal now. I just hope that as we move forward we don't let fear overcome the interaction of humanity. I think some people are going to be very anxious about leaving home. Some people who have been teleworking for almost a year, they're going to be anxious about going out in the world. We need to think about the transition. We need to support people in those thoughts. We have to just really look into what are going to be safe practices. And I think we're going to, going to be a much greater emphasis on masks. There's going to be a much greater emphasis on hand washing. Already now in Asia, you know, you go into many hospitals and masks are a feature. So I think likely we're going to move to that. The other sad reality is we may have overcome sars covid 19 but we know that there's going to be something ahead. I look at little children when I'm walking and I think, well, I hope you're young and this is, this is going to be the big epidemic of your lifetime. But I'm not sure that we can be so certain about that. Because remember, the factors that precipitated COVID-19 are still out there. So we need to have much stronger environmental controls. We really need to think about what is the impact of the climate on health and disease. Probably more importantly, we really need to have a voice for collaboration and cohesion globally. And we're so excited that the United States will be back as part of the World Health Organization,
0: Yeah, also, I think that you put your finger on something that I think is going to emerge in this next decade, front and center, and that's going to be the impact of climate change on health.
1: Absolutely. Some of the things that I think about is the reuse of equipment. People have been reusing masks. A year ago, we would have thought that was crazy at a place like Johns Hopkins that we would reuse a mask. So I hope that we do become more thoughtful and intentional about this, and I know this is going to be a focus of the national academies because we ignore this at our peril.
0: We could even say that we saw the emergence of SARS, we saw MERS, and now we see SARS-CoV-2 that those things are also at least partially impacted by climate change. And the prognostications I see suggest that this is going to happen more often, not less often.
1: I think you're absolutely correct. So we have to be thoughtful, not just from a public health perspective, but I think we really need to invest in the science that is both investigator-driven and also strategic in how we can deploy science to Immediately address issues related to vaccines. But then the other thing that we need to do is really look at supply chain. That prophetic words of Coop, you know, medicines only work if you take them. It's one thing to get the vaccine, but it's another thing to get it into people's arms. For people like us at Johns Hopkins who are in the midst of this research ecosystem, it's really great to see that science is having a few wins. (laughs) I love the stories of these scientists working on the mRNA vehicle for decades, not being taken seriously. So, I think there is a lot to be excited about. The social determinants of health are the factors that are really going to impact adversely on health outcomes. Also, the other thing is, this is kind of in some instances a disease of different populations. People who are able to bunker down at home and have things brought to them are not at risk, but it's the people who are out there on the front lines that are at risk. So I think there'll be also some conversations about how this burden of disease is managed. I really hope that we keep our foot on the pedal for issues in nursing homes and other care settings. COVID-19 has sort of pulled back the curtains. I think it's behoves all of us to make sure that we keep a focus on that. The fact that MSF have been in nursing homes in Detroit you know people have called me around the world and say is that really true you know in this fake news era people said is that really true that MSF has been in nursing homes and I said yes that is true so as the richest country in the world we really need to take a stance on those very important issues.
0: Okay well on that note then That's a look at this month's nursing headlines from Johns Hopkins. I'm Elizabeth Tracy.
1: Thanks so much, Elizabeth, for joining us again this month in the School of Nursing. I really wish all our listeners the very, very best for 2021. Uh, We've still got a ways to go in this pandemic, so keep your vigilance up. And please, I invite the listeners to come to the School of Nursing website and hear and see some of the amazing things that our faculty and colleagues have been doing in this pandemic. And I look forward to speaking to you next time. Thanks, Elizabeth.